are listening to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast with Mark Madison. In this episode, Mark talks to the top 1% in wrestling, Ethan Carter III, EC3. Go to www.prowrestlingpost.com for interviews, blogs, reviews, and upcoming events in your area. You can listen to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Anchor, or whatever podcast app you prefer. And now, here is Mark with EC3. We are joined here with Ethan Carter III, the uh, former two-time TNA World Heavyweight Champion. Thank you, Ethan, for joining us. Oh, it's my distinct pleasure to be uh, here talking. <laughs> Thank you. Um, joining us here on Main Event Madness, um, what we had are kind of a different thoughts and questions, more retrospective uh, for yourself as well, and uh, hoping you can help us out. Um, before well, rest- well, you know, I got a fresh cup of coffee and uh, sitting here, so I think I can do my best. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, before wrestling became a passion. Uh, and a career pursuit, were there any sports would you felt that you could have chosen as a career path, say in high school or college, if wrestling wasn't was, the choice? I was pretty decent at baseball. I was already football as far as reaching professional heights. Uh, probably not. I also had a problem. I didn't grow until I was 19, so to, you know, get from high school, I was 10 and frail until about 19, and then I kind of blew up, but it was a little too late to be a great high school athlete because I was out of high school, so. Okay, not a problem. Um, when you first... You know, you know the deal. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, we all bloom at different ages, right? Purity hits at several different parts for all of us. I mean, I, I bloomed a lot earlier in high school. It's not confused, but okay. as far as growing, it was 19. Yeah. But, you know. Anyways, go on. <laughs> I like it. Not a problem, not a problem. Um, when you first competed, the name The Deviant, Michael Hutton, was bestowed upon you. Uh, for those that never saw the character, how would you best describe them, and what worked best about that character? Well, Michael Hutter, and uh, I guess that was bestowed upon me via my birth father and real father, Michael Hutter. Michael Hutter, uh, I apologize, Deviant sorry. Was, sorry. Deviant was a name that... Uh, it was actually, we created a wrestler out of Aki Man in the old WCW NWO Revenge game. We named him the Deviant. And then on my first match, I didn't have a name. So I said, I don't know, I'll just be the Deviant. And then that was kind of how the independent name started. Oh, that's cool. It all spawned from the video game. I love that game. <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> Best engine. <laughs> um, it, now, maybe correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, you had a chance early on to work with Josh Prohibition. Johnny Gargano and Matt Cross early in your career? Yeah, I mean, I've worked with them. I mean, they, you know, Josh Mendel kind of started the trend of wrestling in Cleveland, kind of made it, well, not they didn't start the trend, but they made it cool and they got, you know, the first bit of notoriety uh, through, you know, being in the backyard videos and the backyard wrestling games, but they got trained the right way by GT Lightning. Uh, I came along a couple of years after them, and I think Johnny Gargano was a year or two behind me, but, you know, I've worked with all of them a lot. I know them fairly well, and we uh, have varying levels of success, uh, some in wrestling, some in real life, so it's good to see 
all that, and I, you know, see them quite frequently. And in fact, I'm going to beat the living hell out of Gargano. I don't know when this airs, but tonight at Evolve 62, so that could be uh, sweet, sweet home-style fighting. So Fantastic. Um now it feels like the E three character, EC three characters constantly evolving, either as a heel or as a face. Uh, what do you attribute, you know, being able to keep that character fresh? Because sometimes in wrestling uh, they can get stale, but you're constantly reinventing it, making it better. What do you attribute that to? Yeah, just the fact that I hate stale characters. I hate wrestling on my world. I hate, uh, you know, taking it easy. I think anytime you achieve any sort of bit of success, you want to strive for more and you want to keep going and you also want to try something different, so I, I like I like evolving because all of my characters that I have loved in wrestling coming up were, you know, evolved constantly. They were never, you know, I don't want to be the same shtick. That's not my style. My style is to try to, I guess, reinvent the genre with character development as much as I possibly can and, uh, you know, and PM provide the opportunity to uh, for, foresee that. That's not the word. Forgo that, maybe. Foretell that. Also not it, but I'm able to do it. So. <laughs> All right. Um, and where did the original concept for the EC3, EC3 character come about? Uh, we know a bit about the backstory, but conceptually, like the writing, the brainstorming, the brainchild all behind it. Um yeah, I guess uh, the original EC3 concepts came from the, the creative minds of our creative team, TNA. I was brought in as a new guy. They thought of an idea, and uh, they said, hey, what do you think of this idea? And it was probably the first time in wrestling history I heard an idea I liked because I knew I could run with it and make it, uh, make it my own. And, you know, a lot of the nuances and character developments it would be a lot different if someone else inherited, I guess, that character. But I was allowed to, you know, find motivations and inspirations for it and portray them. And it kind of all, you know, collaborated into a pretty decent, most successful thing. So a lot of cooks in the kitchen, but we're, we're all making the same dish. It turned out pretty tasty. Well, now, there's nuances to the character that you were, you say you've had kind of creative freedom kind of to build that. And whereas you're kind of given rough parameters, but you make it and give it life. Not everybody um, can do that and you almost feel regimented and this is what you do and this is what you say, but I guess with character involvement and... Yeah, and some people need to be regimented, some people need to be told what to say, and some people need, you know, to allow them to create to your flow. And either formula can work depending on the talent, either formula, you know. There's no shame in one way or the other, as long as the fans at home are entertained. So if someone needs to be told what to say and manufactured and each movement planned, you know, as long as that provides a great product, cool. Someone needs to, I can't remember all this stuff, I just need to feel it from the inside, go out there and do it, and they do, the, they do business their way, and the people are entertained. It's all good. It's all good. This will do. That's my second food analogy. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Not a problem. Um, you've uh, as hold as been being the TNA champion, holding the title twice. 
how did you differentiate say the first rain from the second um and you know you said you just mentioned earlier you know you don't like stagnant characters you don't like things that stay stale but how did you differentiate between the title reigns and making one not necessarily like the second because you know champions it's up to them to well, make I that mean, ring the special one, the first one was a you know combination of a nice work there was a lot of a lot that went into career inside the ring, outside the ring, you know, every sacrifice, every, you know, injury, everything wrong that happened, everything good that happened, you know, it all culminated with uh, the opportunity of Wrestle Turning over the world title. So, I mean, the first one is very special, very special to me, and it was sort of, you know, what was going to begin, I assumed, a long, luxurious title reign. Uh, losing it in the way that I lost it, I believe it was a bomb for glory and a triple threat match. Uh, Matt Hardy, Fandango was looking in and politicking into it somehow, and you know, I wasn't beaten for it, kind of soured a little bit for me because I wanted to be pristine. I wanted to hold it for a year. That was my goal. Oh, well, did it happen? We had a world title series, which, you know, was why I went through 32 other competitors, beat all of them, won that, and they could lose it. A couple of weeks later than that already due to, you know, kind of a changing of the guard. So the first one, the first one meant a lot personally. The second one was, you know, more business, I guess you could say. And mm. the second one was more a motive and motivation and the inspiration to acquire it a third time. Because, I, you know, if you're not in this game to be the world heavyweight champion, you shouldn't be in the game. Well said. Um, yeah, <laughs> many have uh, have said uh, and heralded your growth, your development. Um, fans that hadn't gotten a chance to see you when you were with that other promotion, seeing you now, um, getting the chance to see you grow. There's a lot of people that contribute to making you a success too. Um, I guess voices in your ear and helping to be that inspirational figure, whether in front of the camera, behind. Who would you contribute? I mean, you put in. 99% of the effort, but there's also some support. Who would you attribute some support to, to building you up? You know, there's, in both TNA and throughout wrestling, I, a lot of the peers, you know, I talk to, I think have, you know, respect for me, or, you know, veterans like Kurt Angle, like a bully, uh, Bubba, Sting, you know, being able to work with those guys was an inspiration, but, you know, other top top dogs in the industry, you know, that I communicate with have pushed for me. So, you know, that confidence is big. That's an inspiration. And then just, uh, you know, you learn from making mistakes. You learn from failing. I failed. I made mistakes. Uh, I learned that no matter what, I'm going to do it my way, and that inspiration hopefully moves towards, you know, the confidence you need, and the confidence just believe in yourself, and I think it all kind of whips up together, and, uh, you know, here I am today, so a lot of inspirations, but at the end of the day, you know, you, you have to be, you have to look at the man you see in the mirror and be proud of who that is and confident in who you are, and not question, just act. Uh, you just briefly touched upon um, facing Johnny Gargano tonight. Um, so I guess a little bit of the elephant in the room being where did the concept of the um, where the I guess, social media, internet kind of 
got spun on its ear uh, with the Vault 61 and and what was considered, I guess, an invasion. But how did that whole concept uh, or planning, how did the process for that work out initially? Uh, well, I had a really sweet idea, and <laughs> I, you know, told uh, Drew Galloway this sweet idea, and he was like, that's a pretty sweet idea. Uh, I talked to Rob Miller, who works with Gabe in the Vault, and I was like, hey, here's a pretty sweet idea. And he's like, you know what, that's a pretty sweet idea. <laughs> and then... <laughs> it went from there, and they just said, okay, and, you know, it's an interesting time in wrestling, there's a lot of strange cross-promoting instances that are taking place, and I thought, like, at that forum, it was a spectacular opportunity to not explore uh, what it was, and they, you know, they didn't tell me what to say, no one told me what to say, and no one ever should, because if you do, you know, I'm, I can do better, I can write better promos than you, so, don't. the people Gabe um, and the people involved are probably quite happy about that should have asked you though what was going to be the over under of using the word sweet in an answer I would have never guessed two or three so you managed to max that <laughs> um, well little known fact is a tattoo on my left bicep and that means sweet so that's why I, I kind of fall back on that word here and there oh but fantastic insider info <laughs> um, I've got a little, last couple of questions and I'm going to let you go um Something is going to be, um, if this is more hypothetical, so if you had an ideal storyline feud program of anyone that you would work with, of anyone in the world, in any promotion, who could it be? And you could only pick one. Past uh, or present. I mean, so they don't even have to be alive. Yeah, that's just a great question. In, in a hypothetical scenario, I mean, you know, teammates would be great opportunities and great opponents. Uh, so I can look outside of that if this is a hypothetical. And I want to kick John Cena's ass at WrestleMania. So that'd be my one. That's it. Fantastic. Um, last, last. Wow. <laughs> Um, the last. Oh, no problem. I'm I'm sure there's more stories that you probably could elaborate, but unfortunately we're kind of short for time. So maybe another time we'll elaborate on that. Um, on June 12th. Uh, I want to kick the rocks ass, but you know, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> so go for it. Um, He's busy. Um, this is going to air next Wednesday, so it's going to be a few days removed from Slammiversary. But on June 12th, you'll be facing the Miracle Mike Bennett. Uh, what could wrestling fans foresee from EC3? Well, I mean, they won't hear this till after June 12th, but I think, uh, what did they see? I assume they saw two young go-hearts, two guys out to prove themselves, two guys with chips on their shoulder, two guys with age, two guys that want to be the face of a franchise, of a company, but only one spot's available, duking it out, seeing who the better man is, who wins, who loses. That's what this is about. So that's what they saw or seen. Um, and as far as the result, I feel very confident in what I've done, what I've been doing, that I should be the victor. But if I'm not, well, I guess he's the better man, and I need to reevaluate myself. So those are your two options and two answers for a hypothetical question to the match that hasn't taken place, but will by the time you hear this. 
<laughs> um, Ethan, it's been an absolute pleasure. A lot of laughs. Uh, thank you very much for your time, and uh, good luck this coming Sunday. All right, my pleasure. My, my pleasure. I'm done talking for the day. All right, I'll see you. <laughs> take care. On behalf of... Thanks, <laughs> Take care, Ethan. On behalf of John Curry, this is Mark Madison for Main Event Madness saying thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast with Mark Madison. We'll be back very soon with another great interview. You can always check our website, www.prowrestlingpost.com, for more content. Thank you and see you next time.